Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, our first for 2021. I'm Nick Wasiliev, the social media specialist, and this is a podcast about all things book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. I'm joined today by our trade product coordinator, Renee Adolfson. Hello, Renee. Renee's waving. She doesn't realise that this is an audio podcast and not a video podcast. (laughs) Either that or her internet's dropped out, one of the two. (laughs) <laughs> I would say her internet's gone. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, fine, fine. We're, we're off to a flyer already for 2021. A bit of column A, a bit of column B. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can hear by our second guest is our lifestyle category manager, Shanu Prasad. Hello, Shanu. Hello. And lastly, our kids and YA category manager, Sarah McDooling. Hello, Sarah. Hi. So, as with all of our episodes, we'll be kicking off by diving into the world of book news and then discuss the books that we have been reading and enjoying, and then be sure to stick around to the end when my guests will go head-to-head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call a book fight. Oh my goodness, I'd completely forgotten that we were doing that. (laughs) Don't worry, I always... I can't forget. The trauma (laughs) of book fight stays with me. I, 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 after, over that (laughs) break, I really pushed that out of my mind. I think I was (laughs) the last mark science fiction thing. I don't think I even answered one question. Not even one. Not one. <laughs> don't worry, though. Anyway, this Anyway, more exciting. We start with news, which is exciting. So. <laughs> Very exciting. Yes. So the big news, uh, the big announcement for this week that we are covering uh, in our news section is that earlier this week, Normal People author Sally Rooney announced that she'll be back with a new book coming out in September this year, Beautiful World, Where Are You?, Sarah, um, I know that you've, you know, we've talked a little bit about normal people uh, across all of last year. Um, are you excited? What can you tell us about this? I'm, I'm super excited about this. I've read the synopsis possibly, I don't know, 30 times since the announcement because I could keep, <laughs> I just wish I could read the book and the next <laughs> thing to reading the book is reading the blurb. And it just, it sounds like it's going to be amazing. It's about four for young people um, who, I mean, you can only glean so much from the blurb, right? But it seems to be two couples and they're all friends and they're at that time in their life where they're like sort of transitioning out of young adulthood into adulthood. And it just sounds like it will be full of um, emotions and uh, Sally Rooney trademark like internal thought processes that are going to be delicious and addictive and I can't wait for it. So, yeah, bring it on. When's it coming again, though? How, how long do we have to wait? Remind me. September <laughs> is when it comes out. Yeah, September is when it is is when it is out. It, does it, so it's kind of sound, is it, is it, does it sound like a little different from what from what normal people is? And I'm saying that coming from not never having read the book, never having even watched the show, anything like that. Is it, is it just... Oh, interesting. Like- I didn't know that about you, Nick. <laughs> um, I, you should, you should look into that. Without being... <laughs> I thought, I thought that was one of the terms of, uh, of, of hire. Although I hear, Renee, that you also haven't read it yet. You're waiting for the trifecta, right? You're waiting for <laughs> no, three it's... books to come and then... Yeah, that's that's yeah. my excuse. Yeah. That is 100% my excuse. I've been awaiting this. I knew it was coming. I knew it for <laughs> everyone else. And that's why I didn't touch anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, sensible, sensible. See, because Sarah on one is like, can't wait. It's had to read the blurb 30 times. You, however, are like, yeah. oh, that's great. That's coming. Very frustrating. I have, in the yeah. balance of things, read normal people more than I've read Conversations with Friends. I've actually only read Conversations with Friends once. So I feel, and I think I'm maybe possibly three times 
with normal people. Normal people. Yeah. So I think uh, this means that I can probably tide myself over with like one or two more rereads of Conversation with Friends, maybe another reread of Normal People, and then perhaps by then we'll be ending a bit closer to September. <laughs> I, I think what happened to me is I read Normal People and I went, wow, this was amazing. And then I straight away went and bought Conversations with Friends because I hadn't read that. And then I was like, well, now I don't know if I want to read that because I really love normal people that much. So I put conversations with friends aside and I haven't, I don't, and I'm like, oh, I didn't actually ever read that. So I think. I did I'm the gonna... same thing, but then I did eventually <laughs> read it. Yeah. So I, I am going to wait two more months and then I'm going to read conversations with friends. And then there'll only be like four months to wait until the new book. So and I then like that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. A few months after that, they will probably turn it into a TV show. Well, the conversation with friends, I think they're already turning into a TV show, right? But I probably won't watch Yeah, that. but how long do you think it will be before the announcement of who has oh. the rights for... Oh, yeah, like next week? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they would have already timed the actual book, uh, the, the release of the book to be like, oh, it's going to be another big year for Sally Rooney. Yeah. What yeah. a great title as well. Beautiful mm. world, where are you? Like that, like, honestly, <laughs> I want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> For Sally Rooney to answer that question. Yeah, it's very, it's a it's a it's a very now title, isn't it? That's that's yeah. true. Yeah, indeed it is, and it it I think it's you know it's been I know it's the buzz. I know I live the moment that she 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 was up at five thirty in the morning the moment it was out uh, to just say to everyone, guys, it's coming, it's here. She's releasing a new book. It's going to be amazing. So I know it's going to be uh, quite the buzz um, when September comes along and the book yeah. comes out. Oh, I think before that we've got don't remember we've got the cover reveal. So that would be oh, that's, yeah. that's, another, that's another fun time. Can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, yeah. Um. So now we'll dive uh, into the books that we have uh, been reading and enjoying over the Christmas period. And I'm going to throw to you first, uh, Sarah, for this one. Uh, what have you been enjoying? Well, um, so far this year, I've, I've only read one newly published book, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, I've read five other old favourites which uh, were all Georgette Heyer novels, which were all inspired by watching Bridgerton, which you might think is weird because usually people would watch Bridgerton and there are books that the show is based on and you would maybe go and read those books. And maybe I will do that, but but first of all, I, I just wanted something Regency flavoured and, um, you know, anyone who's a fan of books set during the Regency times will have, I hope, heard of Georgette Heyer, who's a prolific Prolific author. Um, One of my sister-in-law's favourites, favourite authors. She's, she's just great. I just love her. And there's no limit of times that I can reread her books. She's got a squillion of them. And every every few years I'll be like, okay, I'm going to reread all the Georgette Hires or I'm going to reread all the Agatha Christie's or I'm going to reread, like there's just a few, all the PG Woodhouse's, like there's just a few authors where I'm like, I binge them every couple of years. And so thanks to Bridgerton, I was like, sorry, but I need I need some Georgette hair in my life. So I like like read through at least five of them. I've already lined up some others that I'll probably read soon. But but then I thought, hey, wait a minute, I have a job where I need to read books that are newly published. And so so the first newly published or soon to be coming out book that I, I have read this year is The World Between Blinks 
which is uh, the new middle grade uh, adventure story by Amy Kaufman, who we're all familiar with, wonderful guest on our podcast many, many times. She is the author of um, series like Illuminae and Aurora Rising and her own Elementals series. And this is a, a new book that she has written with Ryan Groudon. Ryan Groudon is the author of The Walled City, which I have read and loved. She's also the author of the Wolf by Wolf series, which is on my TBR and I haven't read it yet, but it it sounds so amazing. And every time I like remember that series, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to read it. And then I forget. So given how much I'm enjoying The World Between Blinks, Ryan Groudon's Wolf by Wolf series is it's very shortly going to be read by me, which by the way, if you're interested, is a young adult series set in an alternate history where Nazis won World War II and the main character is like a super-powered soldier who is on the hunt to assassinate the Fuhrer. So that is um, Ryan Groudon's series, Wolf by Wolf. Not the book that sounds, I read, but No, but that sounds completely, completely different to what The World Between Blinks is though, right? Totally different, totally <laughs> different. But if you were to if you do a quick synopsis of all of Amy's book, they would also sound totally different to this book, which is an absolutely... The world between blinks, the concept is that every time you blink, you miss this other world that exists sort of overlaid on top of ours, which is where everything that's lost ends up there. So um, the way that they've envisioned this world is so interesting. The concept of lostness kind of, it's, it's like the lostness can congregate in certain places. There's a great description where it's like, you know, any large flat open space like a desert or an ocean, there's a lot of lostness there. So like people will often go missing when they are in those areas because of the increased amount of lostness that gathers there. And then there's also like a little joke about how the lostness can gather inside washing machines or down couch cushions. And <laughs> like, it's just like, that. yeah. And there's also this great concept that if there's something in the world that's gone that like large amounts of people really mourn its loss and you know remember it and think about it as a lost thing then it will it will reappear in the world between blinks and like cross over and and the example given early in the book is um you know the crystal palace uh that that was destroyed um and so many people mourn the destruction of that beautiful building and so it, ex it exists still in the world between blinks, as do, you know, pterodactyls. And, like, um, a, a character in this book is the daughter of... Uh, do we have any Hamilton fans in the house? Yes, like a massive Hamilton fan. Yeah, so Theodosia, the daughter of... Oh, wow. Um, she's a character in this because she, as we know, if you've watched Hamilton... Um, she went missing at sea and so she obviously because she went missing at sea wound up in the world between blinks and um is now a character in in, in this beautiful book so look i love i love this book so much the the main characters are two cousins uh boy, boy and a girl um and they are mourning the loss of their grandmother and they find themselves slipped into uh, following a map like it's so great like it's got all of the hall cards of like a beautiful charming middle grade adventure story they find a map and a key 
um, left by their grandma and they go off on a boat on an adventure. Oh, and I forgot the key thing with this book, which is that it was inspired by a real thing that exists, which is that there's a lighthouse off the coast of, I can't remember where, somewhere in the world, (laughs) Um, potentially Carolina, because that's where this book is set. Uh, There is a real lighthouse that was once built on a little island, but the ocean levels have changed. And so now the lighthouse just like pokes out of the ocean, like this lone crazy thing, a a lighthouse built on water. And um, the Amy and Ryan saw an article about this lighthouse and were really inspired by the idea of this lighthouse that's just guarding a, a land that no longer exists, like the land has dropped under the surface of the ocean and now it just sits there on the ocean like this lonely building out at sea. And they loved that idea so much that it inspired this book. And so the kids, there is that lighthouse in the, in the book and the kids um, find a map and they believe there might be tr- buried treasure and so they go off in a very, like, delicious in a blight and adventuresque way to like search for this treasure and they slip into the world between blinks and then and then they have to try and of course find their way back their way their way back and it is just gorgeous and delightful and I'm like is it a standalone well I haven't got to the end yet because this is the first new book that I've read this whole year and I'm still reading it so um I don't know I, I I it has the feel of a standalone but I'm not I'm not at the end yet, so maybe it will be open for sequels. I kind of hope that it is open for sequels because it's absolutely scrumptious and um, I'm thoroughly enthralled and delighted and I can't wait to start recommending this as to middle grade readers. I love finding a new middle grade book because it's one of those age groups where I feel like people ask for recs for that age group more than other age groups. And, yeah, 100%. Um, and it's really hard to find find books to recommend like yeah, well, you're never sure because there's yeah. so much in that in that age range, and there's a lot of particular tastes, and you always feel like you should ask, "Oh, what do they like?" But with a book like this, I just feel like it doesn't matter what they like; they're going to love this. It's just a bit of everything. When's it come out? Charming and amazing. It is a Feb title. I'm pretty oh, sure. So, aha! Uh-huh. So people yeah. don't even have to wait months and months and months for it. No, it's coming. It's like, soon upon us. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I love that. That's an amazing pick. And I and I just want to highlight that like I think Amy has been on the podcast in the last year or so more than any other person. So I'm just consistently amazed by all the stuff that she continues to put out. So she uh, is a powerhouse and honestly yeah. one of my favorite people on the yeah. planet. What an amazing person. And I I just love everything she writes is like different, but filled with the same like amazing imaginative spirit and like and heart. And that's, it's really present here. Mm, so yeah. if you've liked any of her previous stuff, uh, particularly fans of the middle grade series, she wrote Elementals. This is a, it's an absolute no brainer. Like just order it now. I didn't mean to sound salesy then. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I can't switch my job brain off all the time. <laughs> you, want, you want everyone else to read it because you're enjoying it. I just so. want people to read it. Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. Go to your library or and pre-order it from the library or do do whatever you do to get your books, but make sure this is one of them. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you, Sarah. Those are awesome recommendations. Um, I'll throw over to Renee now. Um, because um what Renee, what have you been uh, enjoying uh, over the Christmas break? So the the book that I'm bringing to the metaphorical table <laughs> is one that I got through in one sitting because it was that thrilling that I just couldn't put it down. So it's A Crooked Tree 
which is a YA novel that's coming out on the 2nd of February. And it's a debut novel by, and I really apologize if I butcher this author's name, but I think it's Una Mannion. I may no, be wrong. She sounds... may have to correct me because I've been No, no, I, I don't well. know either. That sounds correct to me. She's Irish American. <laughs> Yes, I think she was she was born in Philadelphia. I think she's from America, but now she lives in Ireland. Yes. Um, Una sounds appears to influence her writing. Yeah, Una does sound quite Irish, so she's probably got that Irish background. And I always seem to bring Irish authors to <laughs> the podcast. I don't know why. I'm just <laughs> it's just something that happens. Um, but this novel was really intriguing. So it's set in the early 1980s in Pennsylvania, and it's a coming of age story and it centers around the character Libby who is 15 years old and it it pretty much centers on her somewhat dysfunctional family and the plot itself is centered on this one event where one evening they're coming um, home uh, in the car and a heated argument breaks out between Libby's mother and her younger sister Ellen who is 12 years old and it ends up with their mother ordering Ellen to get out of the car and walk all the way home despite her four other siblings protesting and really distraught about it because it's quite late and it's getting quite dark and it's quite a desolate it's road. Like five miles or something, right? It's like five or seven miles to the house. Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like just around the corner. And, and for it's a 12-year-old girl. And it's not like they live no. in the suburbs. Like they live in like the – sorry, I read this book as well. That's why I'm just like chiming in here. But they they they, they live in like the mountain mountains of Pennsylvania. It's like semi-rural. <laughs> so Yeah. I know it's the 80s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still, yeah, it, it it kind of, you can't seem to fathom how a mother can leave a 12-year-old, especially she's in her school uniform and she's just, she's going to struggle to find her way back home up this mountain in the dark. But so her, her siblings are quite dismayed by it, but they end up going home and it's, it's the repercussions of leaving Ellen on that road that is central to this story. And it's, it's a very interesting one because it does have those thriller kind of plot points, um, plot points. And even though the central plot is based on that repercussion of leaving Ellen there on that night, there's these subplots that really are intriguing and uh, are, there was some twists that I didn't see coming at all. And I don't know if Shani, you had that feeling as well, where you kind of overlook, there's so many little details. Yeah. You kind of get distracted by this main plot going. And yeah. it's it's really well written and I, yeah, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, I was the same as you. I read the whole thing. Like, I mean, I do that a lot with lot, a lot of books, but like I just kept kept reading and kept reading and kept reading because, um, yeah, I just got so engrossed in the story and just the main character's point of view was, was so interesting. Um, and I think we were talking about it before, Renee, when we were talking about how it was like the way that she um, thought of her siblings made you really like them a lot more than you liked actually her. Because she was quite harsh on yeah. her on herself, wasn't she, in the book? Um, yeah, you seemed less. Yeah, she was definitely. And it, it was it was kind of this cross where I found it hard to empathise with her at some points because she had this thing where she kept speaking up on at the wrong times about things that didn't seem to really matter in retrospect. And then she ended up not telling the truth when she needed to and it kind of creates all these issues and yeah and that kind of is the force of all these problems and it kind of makes it hard for you to to reason with her but it's it's the way she sees her siblings like um her younger siblings especially like Beatrice and Ellen that it, it really like softens your heart and it really kind of makes you worry and concerned about what's going to happen to them yeah absolutely and I think I think that was probably I don't know to me it feels very intentional that that was you know the 
the on purpose done like that. You know, sometimes you read books and you're just like, ah, they just haven't written that character very well. I don't think that's what you know she yeah. wasn't meant to be like that. But I feel like I feel like it was every every part of the book felt very deliberate. Like there was reasons for it all, um, and you may not yeah, know what they definitely. are at the time, but when you get to the end, it all it all kind of worked together. And it, it also had that thing where it was yeah. it was and even just the as, the sibling. She's um, and even so even the way. You know, writes about the siblings she kind of gets the order correct because Libby's kind of the middle child and there tends to be that thing with middle children I'm not a middle child myself but just looking at my middle sister where you're kind of caught between you're the yeah. anchor between yeah yeah absolutely um I definitely, and I yeah, definitely, so I think I definitely she characterized too, yeah. them very well this sounds phenomenal I really yeah. want to read this after listening to you talk about it uh, I would well, I think I would we both would highly recommend, recommend yeah. it, I bet yeah, and I'd, I would love to even read it again. Like, it's just, you just can't put it down. And you, you, I kind of want to go back and see if I missed anything. I feel like there was something I missed. Yeah, I feel like you kind of raised. so many well-worthy yeah. details. And you kind of raced through it a bit because, as you said, you kind of, you kind of, like, worried about what's happening and want to know yes. what's what's going to happen next. And so, like, it, it would be good, I think, to read it once. You have to read yeah. it like that. I'm and then so read it glad. Again. I'm really so. glad I read it on an ebook. I'm so glad I read on ebook because I'm really terrible. I love thrillers, but I'm also very impatient. So sometimes I do the whole like you flick to the back to see if your favorite character died. I'm very much like that. So ebooks are kind of perfect if you're that kind of person and you want to break the habit. I yeah, would highly yeah. recommend reading this on an ebook or something yeah. and, just and, for that reason. And you also don't know when it's going to end, which I think is really helpful because sometimes when you're reading certain books, you're like, oh, okay, well, I know that this must be happening about now because we're up to this point of the book and we've only got this many pages left or something like that. Whereas when you read it sometimes in the ebook, you don't really get a concept of that. You just keep reading and so it's a bit more surprising. It's like how I, st I sometimes stop reading blurbs. So I actually have no idea what I'm what book I'm about to read. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it makes it a bit interesting. Hmm. I, think, I think it's a, a good indication of the quality of the book when you are when you're going when you read it in an entire sitting. Um, and this book sounds amazing. Thanks, Renee. That's an awesome, awesome recommendation. Appreciate it. Um, I'll go to, to you uh, now, Shanu, because um, I understand you have been reading a hell of a lot over this Christmas period. Uh, what have you been reading? Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know what happened, but um, I, I had this plan to read all this stuff at Christmas over those few days, and Christmas just ended up being way busier and not relaxing, so I, I wasn't really happy with that. I was really happy, though, for the, um, the New Year's Eve that weekend, that it was all grey and miserable, because that meant that it was perfect weather for reading, and I'd have read. And so I did... So. That weekend I read There's No Such Thing as an Easy Job um, by uh, Kikiko uh, Sumara. And that book was awesome. What a great book to start uh, 2021. Um, what a true thing the title is. There is no such thing as an easy job. But the book is awesome. And it's basically about a, um, a woman who is, um, she's Japanese. She's uh, uh, had a job for a long time, like 10 years. Um, she's no longer at that job. You don't find out why at the beginning. You don't even find out what job it is. But she goes to an employment agency to look for an easier job. You know, she's obviously burnt out. Something's happened. And so she has this series of jobs. And in this series of jobs, some very strange things happen. <laughs> and she learns more about, like, herself. And, like, it's kind of like about her sort of coming back, um, back to herself and being back to, um, you know, uh, what, like, I can't really, so I don't want to say anything more because I don't want to like spoil the ending or even what the jobs are that she has. But I, I, um, enough to say that you really, really the title is very true to, to the book and each job, even the jobs that seem to be quite simple jobs, things happen to her or in that job 
that means that they're not simple. And it all just ties together so brilliantly and has such a great message. So um, that was that was excellent and I definitely recommend that. Then I felt like reading something completely, completely different. So that I also started the same day. Um, books that I've had on my TBR pile for like a long time, which is by Maureen Johnson, the Truly Devious series. And I did not realise when I started reading it that basically there's three books in the series and thank goodness they were all published because you, everyone knows how much I hate um, reading a book finding out it's the first in the series and having to wait years for the next one. Um, and that they all end, the, the, fir the, the first two books end as cliffhangers. And so basically I spent through this book, Truly Devious, got to the end and I was like, that's not the end. That's like, it was like a, it was like a mid, you know, it was like a pause and like it should be like gone, gone straight to the next book. So um, I'd finished that book really late and then the next day I read the next two books. So I would 100%, I loved the Truly Devious series so much. It was just the perfect thing. It was um, set in the modern day, but then also flashback to the 1930s. It's about a girl who goes to this like super exclusive, but super strange um, boarding school where people are chosen because of, we don't actually know why, but they've all, they're all, there's all something amazing about them. It's not just basic academic excellence, or it's not just because you're rich. There's this huge endowment to this school because it was founded by an eccentric billionaire, a bit like a, a bit like Hearst. Who, who built this entirely crazy castle, also a bit like Hearst, um, in the mountains, basically levelled a mountain in the 1930s. There was a mystery and uh, murders that happened in the 1930s and our main character um, wants to be a detective and that's kind of what got her into the school and she basically wants to solve this mystery. And the mystery then comes into the present day because bad things happen and murders happen in the present day as well. And the books are incredible. I love them. Um, I read, as I said, read all three, always read all three together. Do not try and just get one and not get the other two. You would you would not be happy with yourself if you do that. <laughs> but even more exciting is that I found out that she's written a fourth book. So the three books fit together and they end well and they're perfect as a whole, like, little series all together. And she's done something super clever with the fourth book, um, which is coming out in, I think, June or July, so a few months to wait, unfortunately, um, where she's it's all the same characters but it's school holidays and so they've all gone to a summer camp. So the mystery then, it's like a lot of the same people, but they just move the location. So that that's why there can be a new mystery. So I thought that was a clever way of continuing the series without it like going back and sort of feeling a bit stale. Um, then the next day I thought, um, want something a bit different from that again. And I'd taken a book home to photograph, which was a new Alexandra Bracken who wrote the Darkest Minds trilogies, um, trilogy. Of her. Yes, exactly. Um, and she has written a standalone uh, book called Law, L-O-R-E, which was such a crazy concept. It's basically Greek mythology. However, Greek mythology is not mythological. It's real. And, and for some reason, the gods come down from uh, Mount Olympus every seven years and there's a hunt and these certain people can... Um, like there's all these different fat, like they're all like each of the gods has like these followers or this like fat kind of like a family, almost like a mafia kind of thing, but they're, you know, so they're human, but they've got these like, they're like trained, they train as fighters and stuff. And the gods become human as well for seven days. And anyone can kill a god and then become the god. So there's these original, the original gods, there's only two original gods left, um, one of them being Athena. And the rest of them are like get given different names, but they kind of like take on the powers of the of the god that they've killed. And then every seven years, this same thing happens again. So there's a world of like people that have no idea that this is going on, and um, they come back uh, across the world in different different cities. And this time, it's come they've come back in um, New York, 
and there's um, uh, a girl who you kind of don't know how old she is. Like, it's, I mean, I'm assuming this is a meant to be a YA novel, but like for like quite a bit until you found out, until they mentioned how old she was seven years ago, you actually have no idea how old she is. She just feels like a young woman, but it turns out she's only 19. Um, and she sort of was like from one of these families and then her family got brutally murdered. And so she turned her back um, on that life um, and is living um, as a just a normal human. Uh, but then um, one, but then Athena turns up injured on her doorstep and uh, things spiral quite a lot right from there. And it's another book which flashes back in time and um, goes back seven years to when she was 12 and then um, to the present day. And it's about like, it's a pretty big book. It's like 500 pages, but it is so engrossing. And I'm like a person that knows a little bit about Greek mythology, but not a huge amount. And I think that's the perfect thing. I think that if you knew too much, you might find it a little bit hard to like get into the world, but it's great because you don't have to spend all this time world building because it's once you, because you kind of understand what the gods are and that kind of thing. And so um, uh, you don't have to like uh, spend all of your all of your time like trying to understand the world, and you just get straight into it. And there's a lot of action. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of bloodshed. Um, so it's definitely I'm so keen your... for this book. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to reading it. Yeah, it's it's definitely for your older ages, and it finishes in a really great way. But I can see that there could be more books that could possibly happen. But um, I, but it also finishes completely fine. And then I won't talk too much about the other books that I read, but I will just mention what they were. So I read Amari and the Knight Brothers, which is a book that's um, either just out or coming out now um, by B.B. Alston, which is like the perfect book for um, kids that really love the Nevermore series. And it's really great that it's got like a black girl as the main character. And so it's like, and it's a little bit men in black like, so it's not too just fantasy. So um, that one is like a perfect book for, um, for, for kids. And I'm certainly going to be recommending it for my nieces and nephews. Um, I also watched the 12, um, the Dash and Lily um, TV show. And so then they've got a couple more books. And so I reread the book that happens the year after the TV show, um, which is a 12 days of Dash and Lily. And that was really fun. Uh, then I read um, Yagiasi, Transcendent Kingdom. And I thought that was amazing. Ben will be able to talk about that a lot better next time. So I'll leave him to do the, all the beautiful words about it. But I just rec recommend that one to everyone as well. Um, I read um, Claire Thomas's The Performance, which was really cool. And I really just want to read more about those characters. So I hope she writes maybe delves into one of those characters again in the future. And then as I talked about already, I read The Crooked Tree, um, which Renee also read. And that is what I've read so far this year. I am, <laughs> I am floored. Oh my goodness. And we're only 15. It is the 15th of January. <laughs> it's the 15th of January and you've already read all of that. I am so impressed. Yeah. Well, see, look, a January, January is always like a good reading month for me. And then Usually it drops off, but um, we'll see how we go this year. Last year I didn't drop off because we had nowhere to go. There was a pandemic. So this year so far I've also gone nowhere. So it could be another good year. We'll see how we go. Amazing. Anyway, Amazing. So we'll see, we'll see if next month I have anything to talk about. <laughs> well, judging by how much you've been reading and how fast you've been reading, I anticipate we definitely will. Thank you so much, Nu. Fantastic recommendations. Um, so now we will come to the end of the show and we'll dive into the infamous infamous segment uh, known as book fight. <laughs> so uh, as always, same as last year, the rules are still very much the same. Um, and I'll start by getting buzzers uh, from everyone and I'll get one from you first, Renee. What shall your buzzer be? Uh, I'm gonna keep up the tradition I had last year and I'm gonna go with the title of the book that I shared today. So I'm gonna be Crooked Tree, please. Crooked Tree, I like it. 
Nice. Um, Shanu, what will you have? Uh... <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so have to on, honey. It has to I mean, be the can, best. You can be R if you want. I mean, it <laughs> sounds like something out of Monty Python. The castle. Ah. Oh, right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you R. Um, and then lastly, Sarah. I I am going to make to follow Renee's lead, but I'll just shorten it. And instead of making my buzzer the world between blinks, I'll make it blinks. Love it. Fantastic. Awesome. So we have eight questions on the, on the book fight today. Um, best of luck to everyone. I hope it won't be as scary as it has been in previous episodes. Let's play a book fight. <laughs> Question one. Who is the author of the series of books the Netflix series Bridgerton is based on? Oh, uh, Nick. I heard, I heard, uh, I heard an R first. Sorry, Sarah. Um, Chinoo? Julia oh. Quinn. It is Julia Quinn, correct. I said R uh, like well before you said blinking. You're blinking, Sarah, sorry. Also, remember I think, last I, time I, got... I, think I lost sound because I was saying blinks when Nick was still talking. Oh, oh, okay. Strange. I didn't well, hear you at all there. Sorry. Yeah, I'm so. I'm, I'm, I'm no, no, no. That's, that's Sarah's rubbish internet, not my problem. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it's, <laughs> it's immaterial to the quiz. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Has always been the top the, the topic of debate. If the bad internet is responsible for for costing people certain victories, um, well, you know, it's a modern world we live in. I'm not going to name question? names, but Olivia knows who she is. <laughs> question two. Staying with Bridgerton, how many books are there in the series? Crooked Tree. Uh, blinks. Oh, I heard Crooked Tree. I heard Crooked Tree. Oh, I looked at this the other day. I think it's, am I wrong, but is there eight? Oh, uh, no, it's not. No. You're very close, but it's not eight. Um, Sarah, I'll continue. Blink. Yep, Sarah? Uh, nine? Correct. It is nine is the correct answer. <laughs> What's the other one? There's eight siblings. There's a, there's a book per sibling. And what's the last book about there? I just um, assumed she must have done an extra one, right? Like, there was an is extra there one, one on the mum? It's called, I think, Bridgerton Happily Happily Ever After. It's, like, got a very uh, kind of a cheesier name at the end of it. Um, yeah, so there is one about every sibling, but then there's, like, a one that ties, the ball, that ties it all up, I think. Oh. I don't know, really. I'm I would not... have said eight as well. Don't worry, Renee. Yeah. I would have as well. <laughs> I was like, I looked at this just yesterday. I'm pretty sure it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe eight's a number of books that people want to buy. <laughs> That's where I'm coming from, yeah. Um, question three for three points. Name the quote-unquote cookbook with these recipes. Meat tray lasagna. As soon as you said quote-unquote cookbook, I just kept forgetting what, I, what my stupid that noise was that I came up with. Um, it's. I don't actually have no idea what the book's called because I just call it the Nats What I Reckon book. But uncook yourself. It is definitely uncook yourself. You are correct, Shanu. <laughs> you, you gave it away with a quote on quote. That was the meant. That was the point. I was like, you better be paying attention here because. Uh, and I'm glad that I'm glad that you picked up on it straight away. <laughs> um, question four. Which diet companion book, the latest in a series, was released last week from a prominent? Oh come on! This is, ah, this is very unfair for me. I mean, unfair, unfair to. I mean, not to, you know what I mean. 
it's yes. weighted in my favour, these these questions, I feel. Um, <laughs> fast 800 easy. Not fast 800, not fast 800 diet, not fast 800 diet recipe book, not fast 800 health health journal, but fast 800 easy. Written by Thank his wife. Lifestyle category manager. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Written Don't by, and a way, so I've been doing his reordering for the That's What I Reckon. So I, I um, you know, I'm familiar with his books as well. So I've got like... <laughs> I've got like two categories covered. Don't worry, I uh, don't worry. We'll I'll give I'll give Sarah and Renee the chance to come back with uh, the next couple of questions coming up here. But yes, that is correct, Shanu. By the way, uh, Fast Eight Hundred Easy by Dr. Claire Bailey, and the uh, husband in question is Dr. Michael Mosley. Um, question five for three points. Name this author, and a bonus two points are on offer if you can name them before I name their first book. I was born in Chicago in 1899. I followed an early interest in, I had an early interest rather in writing uh, at school, writing books under the pseudonym Ring Lardner Jr. before becoming a journalist. I served in the First World War as an ambulance driver in Italy. However, after, fa after failing to enlist in the US Army because of poor eyesight, however, after only two months of action, I was, I was severely injured. Upon returning to Chicago, I met Hadley Richardson and we moved to Paris, where she famously lost a suitcase of my manuscripts. It was here that I wrote my first novel, In Our Time, which was published in 1925. I then followed it up with The Sun Also Rises the following year. In 1939, I moved to Cuba. Oh, uh, Blinks. Yep. Blinks. 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 Yep. Uh, uh, Steinbeck. <laughs> Steinbeck? No, it is not Steinbeck. Yes. You're on the right. <laughs> in terms of the of the time you're on the right track in terms of the time but it is not john steinbeck okay uh, okay in 1939 i moved to cuba after a painful split from my second wife and it was during that period that i wrote my most famous novel wait 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 blinks blinks yes. blinks blinks uh ernest hemingway <laughs> ernest hemingway is the correct <laughs> response very good one misogynistic white man to the next. <laughs> I was like, where, where do I go after Steinbeck? It's got to be Hemingway. <laughs> the Cuba thing and the, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you are absolutely correct. It is Ernest Hemingway. Question you know, for some reason, I always, always, always get The Sun Also Rises and East of Eden mixed up in my head. Like, they're the same I, book I, in my mind. The Sun Also Rises a, a, a song because I also feel like that's a song. Or maybe I'm thinking The House of the Rising Sun. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, too many. I don't like things with too many books. Titles. I was thinking Here Comes the Sun, Shanu. Yeah, there you go. I was where you're going. <laughs> the sun doesn't even rise in the east. I don't know why I've got it mixed up in my head. But anyway, let us continue. with. <laughs> <laughs> um, question six, and... Uh, Sorry if this is a bit, if it sounds a bit cheeky here again, but I was doing questions to, to even everyone out. Name the cookbook with these recipes. Hot, um, mushroom and kimchi sausage rolls. And oh, steam I'm just going to say, ah, uh, only because I, I reckon the only things you know are things that Liv talks about a lot. And she's talked about that cookbook like a lot. So I'm going to say it's the Hedy McKinnon cookbook, whose name I've forgotten. Renee might remember it. Renee, you, want, you are correct, Shanu, but Renee, I'll, I'll give you a point if you can name, if you can name the name of the book. Uh, is it to Asia with love? It is to Asia with love, and I'll give you both. <laughs> I'll give you both a point. 
I was like, they sold so many, we've sold so many of them that I feel like Renee has seen the, the yeah, title board I have I was, having to raise the orders. When I heard the recipe, I was like, oh, it might be to Asia with love. It might. <laughs> I've actually got I it. I assumed it would be a one word title like all of her other books. I didn't realize that she'd strayed from the. I kind of love it though. It just, it's so nice. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've got them earmarked because of Liv to make, but I haven't made any yet. I just look at the pictures because I'm a terrible cook. I just <laughs> like having it there. <laughs> um, so we have two questions left in this quiz and at the moment is actually very close. Um, Renee is currently on one point. Shanu is currently sitting on six points and Sarah is currently on four, but uh, the game is still very much. Shanu, I think right you've now. got this in the bag. I'm on six points. I haven't answered six questions. Were some questions worth more than one point? Yes, they were. So the, uh, the, there were a couple, there was the uh, natural right. I reckon was worth three. I love Shanu questions that even though she's winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like say, you know, I don't want to snatch, you know, victory you know, illegally. <laughs> don't worry. These, these last two questions here are, are not cookbook or lifestyle related. So the others have a chance to potentially come back here. For question seven, for two points, name this book that contains this opening line. Oh. <laughs> In the land of Ingrid, where such things as seven league books and cloaks of invisibility exist, it oh, is quite um, a misfortune to be born the eldest of the three. Blinks, blinks, blinks. But blinks. I think Shanu beat me. I don't know, but I, I thought I knew and then I didn't. So you, you know, Sarah, you answer it. You go, Sarah. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. It is Howl's Moving <laughs> Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones. Which is one of my favourite books, but I hope <laughs> opening sentences. Oh, dear. And I've read the book like ten times, but, you know. Okay, we come to our last question, and Sarah and Shanu are currently equal for points, which makes me feel like that this last point is this last question is going to make make one of you feel incredibly biased in terms uh, of this. Unless course. Renee gets a question right. Unless Renee gets a question right. Renee, it's all Not on you. Very likely. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just just for fun, because this because of the nature of this, Renee, you're suddenly getting like a penalty of five points, so you're equal on six with everyone. <laughs> oh, Do you wow. want this quiz to never end? <laughs> is that the is that the goal? <laughs> I got stuff Nick to do. Just Come gives on. us hope. You just give me hope that I'm. <laughs> so currently, everyone now everyone's on six points because we don't take this quiz too. Soon. Or you just make the last question worth you know seven points or whatever. Yeah, I, I'll just actually yeah, I'll just do that. I'll just do that. <laughs> um, so the last question: What is the name of the latest book from Amy Kaufman and Ryan Crowder? Links, oh. links, 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 links. Sarah. World Between Blinks. It is the world between blinks, and that's, that is absolutely correct. That's a very fair question, although you didn't know I was talking about it today, did you? No, I had no idea you were going to talk about it today. Yeah. This is, this well, is I guess I guess that's why Mark's questions, you never had to worry about that, because his questions were always about some random sci-fi sci books. That sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> sci-fi we know about, so you never had to worry that someone was going to be talking about that book. That <laughs> It's a it's a recurring thing that happens there, and I think oh, I might need to reorganise my uh, my my coordinating after that. But we are now oh. at the end of book fight. Well done, Sarah! Congratulations. And that yes, Huzzah. I am filled with victorious glee. <laughs> <laughs> But great quiz, everyone. Nice close finish. Uh, yeah, Renee finishes on six points, um, five penalty by me. Shanu <laughs> on six points and Sarah on seven. Well done, guys. Um, and that brings us to the end of the Weekend Booktopian for another week. Thank you so much to my guests. And thanks as well to all of our listeners who are tuning in uh, to this podcast. The Weekend Booktopian was produced by myself, Nick Wasiliev. 
and you can check out a wide variety of episodes on our Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud channels, uh, where you can check out a wide variety of author interviews, book analysis pieces, and more. Thanks for listening, and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au